Welcome back to the FDIC podcast, a place to talk about banking and how our banks affect our financial lives. I'm Brian Sullivan with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how we bank today, which is to say very differently than how we used to bank, and not even that long ago. During our current public health emergency, banks are still open for business, but many of their lobbies are closed. These days, that personal one-on-one teller experience is largely by appointment only. And it means that beyond using an ATM, many of us are increasingly banking online or on our personal electronic devices. Every other year, the FDIC conducts a survey that measures household use of banking and financial services, as well as the unbanked population. The 2019 survey report titled How America Banks is just out. And joining us is Karen Chu, FDIC's Chief of Banking and Consumer Research. Karen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure to be here. So what does the latest survey tell us about how we bank? Our survey finds that nearly 95% of American households had a bank account in 2019. This is the highest number of households with bank accounts since the survey was first conducted in 2009. So this is really encouraging news. And uh, while 95% of households having an account is a great number, this means that about 5% of American households, 5.4% to be exact, did not have a bank account. Looking at the 95% of families who are banked, what do we know about how they're using the banking system? Well, we have been seeing a substantial increase in mobile banking uh, from survey to survey, although the increase was much sharper uh, from 2017 to 2019 than in the previous surveys. Um, The increase was also this time very broad-based across the population. So even among older households, for example, we saw a quite substantial increase in the use of mobile banking. So given that we bank so differently today, uh, even, even from 2017, does it make it difficult for any survey really to keep, keep up with the changing nature of banking? That's a good question. Um, whenever we design our surveys, we, f- we face opposing pressures. We want to keep the questions as much the same as possible so we can look at trends in the data. But we also recognize that new financial products and services are introduced every day. And as usage grows among U.S. households, we want to better understand how they use these new financial products and services and how that relates to their use of banking services. For example, in the 2019 survey, we have added some new questions, such as a question about peer-to-peer payments. Um, And we will continue as we conduct the survey every other year to look to expand its focus. Peer-to-peer payments or I pay you on my phone. Yes. Essentially. Okay. So why is it that some people don't even have even the most basic checking accounts? Well, since the survey began, we have asked unbanked households the reasons that they do not have a bank or credit union account. In 2019, the most frequently given main reason was don't have enough money to meet minimum balance requirements. About 3 in 10 unbanked households gave this as their main reason for not having an account. Um, The second most commonly cited main reason for not having a bank account was don't trust banks. And almost 1 in 6 unbanked households selected that as their main reason for not being banked. So I'm glad you brought up the trust issue because recently 
I sat down with Nikita Pearson. Nikita currently leads FDIC's Office of Minority and Women Inclusion, and she's a fierce advocate for getting people banked. And as we were talking, the conversation turned to her own experience growing up in rural Georgia, and she shared some of her family pictures. This is my great-grandmother. I call her Granny. When I was growing up, she used to walk around with a nightgown on, and she had this big wad of money in her pocket. My great-grandmother, she didn't trust banks, and so because of that, she would cash her check and keep it all into her pocket, and she was like that till the day she passed. Karen, does this mean that unbanked households like Nikita's great-grandmother's story are, uh, that folks are just not interested in having a bank account? So the 2019 survey found that roughly one in four unbanked households were actually very or somewhat interested in having a bank account. And among households that were unbanked in 2019, but last had a bank account sometime within the past 12 months, almost half of them said that they were very or somewhat interested in having a bank account. Do we bank very differently based upon where we live? Uh, well, one of the questions that we asked in the survey is whether you physically visited a bank branch in person to talk to a teller or to transact, uh, you know, in person. And we find that just like in previous years in the 2019 survey, uh, people who live in rural areas are much more likely to visit a bank branch in person and are much more likely to visit many times, such as 10 or more times in a year. When we look at the unbanked population in 2019, uh, we see regional variations, just like we have in previous years. For example, unbanked rates were highest in the South, although the difference between the South and other regions have narrowed in recent years. Mm -hmm. So it's encouraging more and more households are, are part of the banking system, but if, if, if we can look a little more deeply into those households that aren't, does anything really leap out at you in those data? Well, we continue to see significant differences based on race and ethnicity. For example, while the number and percentage of black and Hispanic households with bank accounts have increased, they continue to lag behind white households. For example, approximately 14% of black households and 12% of Hispanic households did not have bank accounts in 2019. That compared with less than 3% of white households. Mm, wow. Well, this brings me to a point that I brought up recently with FDIC Chairman Yelena McWilliams, who, for those who don't know, came to this country as an 18-year-old woman, unbanked, and uh, feeling very much as though she didn't belong in our financial system. Now here we are, some years later, leading one of the federal agencies that regulates banks. And I asked her to reflect back on those early days and if there's any lessons she might share with those who, like her, uh, feel like they don't belong. Lesson here is to be part of the system. And frankly, at the FDIC, we have focused on how can we make uh, more consumers a part of the system? And you know, in the last few months, there has been a uh, great amount of discourse about equality in the United States and inclusion, and what does that mean for people? And I would say that, that a lot of people who come to the United States have different stories. Some are similar to mine, some are slightly different, but you don't necessarily always feel like you belong. And there's certainly people who were born and raised in this system who don't always feel like they belong. And so the, the way to make the system work for everybody, and this is what I called a, a financial system of 
of belonging. You want people to be invested in the system because the system works for them. And it's, it's a kind of a symbiotic relationship where more the system works for them, more they're invested in the system. And, and, and where you want to get is that the system works for everybody. FDIC Chairman Yelena McWilliams on being part of the financial system. Karen, the FDIC survey is based on 2019 data. So much has happened since even last year. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what can we say about how our current economic climate may impact both the banked and the unbanked in this country? I absolutely do not have a crystal ball, but I can say that the current economic challenges are likely to contribute to a rise in the number and percent of U.S. households that are unbanked. In our 2021 survey, we have added some questions to gather data on whether households have opened or closed accounts as a result of changes in their economic circumstances due to the pandemic. It is also possible that because of the pandemic, more households that have bank accounts may use mobile banking as their primary access point um, to the banking system. So for example, even my 86-year-old mother-in-law has learned how to deposit checks using her mobile phone since the onset of our public health emergency. Our just-released report, How America Banks, does include a postscript in which we discuss some of these possible effects of the pandemic. So it comes as no surprise that more and more people are using their phones. We're using our mobile devices for everything else. Why not to bank? Uh, You've seen a doubling of mobile banking just between 2017 and 2019. You expect that to continue? Yes. And, And fueled, at least in part, by this pandemic? Yes, definitely. To read more about FDIC's report, How America Banks, along with a wealth of data and other information, even broken down by region, state, or metropolitan area, visit economicinclusion.gov. Karen, any final thoughts about this year's survey? Anything that struck you? Read the report. Karen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.